Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Recknell, and I am super excited to introduce this week's guest, Scott Perry. Scott is a compass to help you hear and heed the call of vocation, to find the difference only you can make, and to live your legacy. We are well aligned on topics such as positive psychology and stoicism. We talk all about hope and faith and how you can transform your life using the power of hope. As a reminder, if you're interested in any of these books, resources, and tools we mentioned in this episode, all the links you'll need can be found in the show notes of your favorite podcast player, or head to the blog and pod page of my website at expertinhope.com, and you'll find them all there too. I truly believe that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control, and conversations like this really reinforce that hope. Let's get going. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the show. Lindsay, I am so thrilled to be spending this time with you. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. Um, It was really cool to get to know you a little bit last week and just hear about some of the transformations that you are taking people on, which has come from a very crooked journey of uh, career aspirations for yourself. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to share with us today. Let's start off with you telling us a little bit about how you use hope to motivate action in your life. Great question. Um, my relationship with hope is a little bit complicated. Um, I grew up in a household where frequently we were told that hope is not a strategy. And I adopted that uh, idea. Um, and it took a moment in my life of real despair for me to understand that while hope may not be a strategy, it sometimes is the only tactic that will allow you to hang on and persevere. And as I've been thinking, it might even be a chapter in one of my books. Um, You know, whenever I, I rub up against something that I don't really understand, what I usually do is I, I, talk about it out loud and in public through my blog and through my broadcast. And what I started to to come to was um, distinguishing between and toggling back and forth between hope and faith. And I I think of hope as, you know, hope is, is a desired outcome. It's, 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 it's something that we want to happen, that we desire to happen, that we wish to happen. And, Faith is our embracing that things are happening as they are meant to happen. And sometimes, again, that idea, you know, if I I get, if I get, um, if I get left on a desert island, hope may be the only thing that helps me live long enough to get found and, and, and saved. Um, but it's faith in my ability to figure things out that will allow me to continue to um, to survive and and hopefully thrive as I await that ship to come pick me up. So that's that's a very uh, roundabout way of defining my relationship with hope. It's, but it's beautiful and it's so cool. I love to ask about hope because. I mean, even the definition is so different for everyone. I re- I remember when I even started doing this work and I was 
I told my dad, I said, dad, I'm going to become an expert in hope. And he goes, cool. What does that even mean? Like, are you going to talk about God and and religion? Maybe. Am I going to, you know, are we going to talk about faith? Are we going to talk about action? Are we going to talk about wish? Yes. All of those things. And it's been so, so cool to get to know people on the show and, and, and people, you know, clients that I get to speak with to hear the different definitions because it is, I really believe that hope is internal. Um, it is very, very personal to each and every one of us. And I love what you said about the perception that hope is not a strategy, but it, it can be a tactic. I always think about tactics as those actions, those things we can do, which ties in really nicely to my definition of hope, which is the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And it's it's nice that uh, just how well you've wrapped that up and tied it in a bow for me. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because, you know, what you just articulated is kind of the uh, it is a summary of, of the approach of Stoic philosophy, which is something I've been studying since the seventh grade. Um, I was gifted a copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations by my Latin teacher in seventh grade. Um, and that was a long time ago. That was actually just a few years after Marcus Aurelius passed away. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that idea that you just expressed of, um, you know, owning and and assuming your agency over the things within your control, which at least according to the Stoics, and I embrace this, is not much. We, we do not control other people. We do not control circumstances, situations, forces, economic, political, social, what what have you. But in any moment, no matter how out of control we may be, we do possess authority over our thoughts and what we decide to do next. We get to, to we are gifted the opportunity to frame or reframe our situation in a way that opens up choices and possibilities and gives us the opportunity to live in alignment with our virtue, who we really are, to develop our character by taking intentional action um, that will serve us and serve others at the same time. So you just said all of that in in very few words and said it very beautifully. So thank you for that. Well, I love that you brought up stoicism because I know you and I are both fans of the science of positive psychology, which takes a lot of its foundation from stoicism. And I don't know about stoicism. I know the language, I know the in theory, um, but I definitely don't know it at the depth that you do. But positive psychology, I do understand to a greater degree. And that sense of agency, especially when it comes to the field of study within positive psychology, that is the science of hope. Um, We talk about hope theory and hope theory being goals. So, you know, that one's obvious, what we'd like to achieve plus agency thinking, which is that sense of having control over what we can control, plus pathways thinking, which is our ability to overcome the obstacles and pathways that, or obstacles and barriers that get in our way to achieving those goals. And all of those things uh, have to come together in order for us to feel like we can live the fulfilling life the, and, and flourish like positive psychology would have us believe is possible. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I know enough about stoicism to be 
dangerous, and I know enough about positive psychology to be really, really dangerous. Dangerous. Um, but one of the tools that I use with my clients is the Values and Action Strength Survey, Character Strengths Indicator, and um, which is a tool developed by positive psychologists. And um, you know what? Both approaches really put a lot of stock into. Um, the power of paying attention to virtue and cultivating virtue in our lives to, um, you know, making the cultivation of character uh, to be its own reward and uh, the source of joy in our lives. And, you know, stoicism sometimes is misconstrued as um, meaning to, you know, the pursuit of becoming emotionless or um, just, you know, persevering chin, chin up, um, you know, and soldiering through difficult situations. And, Really, you know, teasing apart, you know, all the current people who kind of cherry pick stoicism as a life hack, which is not at all historically what it has been, and putting it more into its um, actual historical context. Stoicism is about cultivating healthy, healthy emotions. And giving you tools to navigate your way through, uh, and and to not react upon unhealthy emotions. And uh, you know, the, there's just a lot of uh, you. Know, I think the, one of the reasons why positive psychologists have adopted so many of the ideas and tools of stoicism is because they've been time tested, and now they are scientifically vetted. You know, the Stoics just happen to get some things right that are being proven now through neuroscience and, and, um, and psychology. So you talk about the strengths finder, the strengths assessment. Can you tell, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about what that is and why it could be valuable in their lives? Sure. So, um, the, the there are 24 values that are, um, assessed through the survey and your, um, your ranking is prioritized through the survey. What, what, you know, what are your top values and what are the ones that are further down the list? Now that there's no value judgment. There's no, you know, virtue or value that's better than another. It's, um, and because there's 24 and you're, you're discovering and encouraged to leverage your top five, um, you know, you're going to get a profile that's very unique. And so the idea is if you can identify and embrace and engage your top five character strengths, you are leveraging an asset you already possess and able to um, do that in a way that will help you lead a more um, conscious, flourishing life. And you have all these other values and you can decide if there are ones on that list that you would like to develop. You know, the, these values in some ways are, are skills. You can, you can learn them, you can practice them, you can exercise them. And the more you practice and exercise them, um, the better you'll get at them. Um, you know, so for instance, uh, you'll be shocked to, to know that um, gratitude and humor and zest are always almost every time I take the, the the survey, those end up as part of my top five, sometimes my top three. Um, and so, 
I recognize that I'm a person that possesses a lot of vitality. I can, I have a lot of energy and I can invest a lot of energy. I can put out a lot of energy. Um, so that's a, an asset that I leverage. And I you know, do that with the knowledge that um, the survey has helped me identify, like, this is something that I can leverage to move myself and my endeavor forward and to cultivate a greater sense of purpose, passion, and meaning in my life. Um, yeah, so I would, I mean, it's a, you can get, I think it's viacharacter.org. Um, and if you go there, the, the survey is, you can take it for free. You can take it as many times as you like, and uh, it will give you your top five, um, your top five core values and give you a, an ordered list of, of all of them. And it organizes them under six virtues, four of which are the virtues of Stoic philosophy, temperance, courage, um, temperance, courage, justice, and will or wisdom. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a super helpful tool. And who, who should take it? Um, so if you put your two fingers of your right hand on the wrist of your left hand and you feel, uh, kind of a thump, 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 you should probably know what your core values are. Um, if you are a person that would like to experience a greater sense of thriving and purpose in your life, um, if you would like to improve your relationship with yourself and other people, um, it might be a good idea to to get a, a handle on who you are, which is, I think, who you are is not about what you do for a living. It's about who you, like, what, what values um, do you operate from? And because when you know what your values are, you, you know, you, we all have talents and skills, um, that we've learned on the job and at school and, and, and the ones that we kind of have born proclivities for. But when you know your values and your talents, you're able to put yourself into situations where you can work with people who share your values and need your talents to enhance their lives. And since work is one of the ways that we derive meaning from our life and one of, one of the things that brings joy to our life, if you're doing more of the right work with the right people, you'll prob probably live um, a life that feels like it's flourishing more often. And I believe that you are doing work that enables you to flourish now. Has that always been the case? I'm going to just go ahead and and admit um, that I won the lottery. Uh, I you you know your your listeners can't see me, but I um you know I am one of those people. I am an an older straight white man. Uh, the the system is kind of rigged and has been rigged in my favor for a long time. We're doing what we can to correct that. And I've enjoyed the privilege of, you know, growing up in uh, a supportive household that gave me access to a great education. And um, I've been able to do work that uh, and move move from from role to role in a way that I've always felt a sense of meaning and purpose and flourishing and, and everything I've done. I've done a lot of things. I was a school teacher. I was a restaurant manager. Uh, I was a musician for 25 years and a guitar teacher. Um, and now I am in this new role at Creative On Purpose where I'm helping people 
hear and heed the call of vocation and to find the difference only they can make so they can live their legacy and find meaning and uh, fulfillment in their lives through the work that they do. Um, and I see a through line through everything I've ever done, all these various roles. I've always been um, someone who is a teacher, is a coach, is uh, you know a person who might be defined as a cheerleader, someone that always you know, sees the best in people, sees the potential in people, wants to see, see everyone, uh, experience, you know, greater joy and equanimity in their life and navigate, you know, all the, all of their challenges with a, a greater sense of, um, tranquility and peace. So yes, I've always had that. It's annoying, isn't it? I'm sorry. No, it's wonderful to hear. And I, I mean, I feel like, there are many people who feel the same way and don't say it out loud. So I appreciate that you answered in that authentic way because there's also people, of course, who haven't had that same experience, whether they have privilege or not, inherent or otherwise, haven't always found themselves in a role or in a career that has been fulfilling. And I know that the work that you're doing with Creative On Purpose is to help people to make shifts that they might need to make in their lives. So if there's people that are listening to the show, and I know for sure that there are, um, not listening, but listening in this way, um, people that are listening that may feel like they are stuck. Maybe they are, you know, midlife, done the things that they were supposed to do. They've climbed the corporate ladder. They get to this place and they go, huh, is this all there is really? Mm. Um, what do you, what could you say to those people that would be hopeful. Sure. Well, I, the first thing I would say is um, that experience that you're having is true, and it's not your fault. We live in a world. I call it the educational, uh, the industrial educational occupational complex. We are taught from a very young age that. You know, if we sit in straight lines and do as we're told and keep our heads down and try to get along and follow the directions um, that, you know, we will be rewarded. And so, you know, you go to school, you get good grades, you get to go to school again where you can get good grades and then you can go get a job and you can get paid and you might move up the ladder by continuing to do what you're told. And then, you know, at some point, some of us wake up to this, you know, fact that, Despite doing all the things that we were told to do and doing them to the best of our ability, we don't feel happy. We don't have a sense of meaning, flourishing, and thriving in our lives. Not, and also to say, if you, I hope that as you've been following the traditional path, you did experience some some joy, some meaning, and, and some flourishing. But many of us at some point you know, decide that what David Brooks calls the first mountain is not the only journey available. Sometimes it requires, it, you know, to see that there's another way, another mountain, another way, uh, you know, uh, that we can approach the, our second act or second half of life. Sometimes that requires, um, you know, a, a, a fall, a failure, a trauma of some sort. And if we're lucky enough to, you know, be broken, but not uh, not completely broken, but broken open, we might wake up to the idea that there's this other way to be. And if 
you're lucky enough to have um, to survive whatever it is that uh, wakes you up to that there's more to it than um, status and salary and stuff. There is a path that um, of you know sacrifice, service, and soul that you can pursue. Um, and if you haven't seen it up to this point, again, that's because the system was rigged, you know, s- stacked against you. If what I'm saying sounds like it's true or it's resonating on some level, then the invitation is you you have, if you're listening to this, you have all the resources you need to investigate who you really are. What are you really good at? Where do you really belong? And I would argue that who you really are is your values, your virtue, your the content of your character, what you're really good at are, yeah, maybe the hard skills that you learned on the job and, uh, and at school, but maybe also the, maybe even more so the soft skills of human to human connection, communication, collaboration, creativity, and where you belong is with people who share your values and need your talents to enhance their lives. And your life will be enhanced by serving and contributing to others. Uh, and I guess what also comes up for me, Lindsay, is we're all born into different situations, some more privileged than others. We're also all born with different temperaments and tolerances. You know, some of us just naturally have a more optimistic outlook than others. Some of us have a natural, naturally have more resilience than others. Um, and all these things that I'm talking about are also teachable, learnable skills that we can develop through practice. You can become half a shade braver every day by just doing, taking one courageous step into your potential and possibility every every day. Um, You can become a little bit kinder by practicing gratitude and generosity, a simple small act of generosity, um, a simple statement of gratitude for an everyday experience, convenience, or pleasure. Um, And you can step into your potential and the you that you aspire to be at creative on purpose. We talk, we talk about living your legacy. Legacy isn't the um, money and monuments you leave behind. It's the difference you're making right now. And that invitation is open. Uh, My assertion would be it's open to anybody that's listening. And it merely comes down to the, to a decision that I am going to investigate, explore the edges of my understanding and ability and, and pursue a different way of being, and by doing that, you will become what you were meant to become. Uh, so leveraging the faith idea, like if you trust yourself enough to invest in yourself and do the work to become what destiny has in, in store for you, uh, then that is, you, you will move from the posture of life is happening to me, the victim mentality of life is happening to me, into the more heroic life is happening through me and you will earn the trust and the faith that you can figure it out and you can find your way into a better way of being. That feels so hopeful. It gives me shivers almost to hear you speak about that and to hear like to just think about what people are taking in. Something you mentioned there is if we feel like we have the trust in ourselves that we can do the thing. What if we don't? What if we don't trust that we have what it takes to do the thing? 
Yeah, well, um, one of the ways that we can um, figure out if something is possible is to um, look at, has somebody else done this? Because if somebody else has done this, then you can do it too. Another is to think about, have I ever done this before? So I want to take you back, Lindsay, just put put you in, in in the hot seat right now. If you are a person that does not believe that you have the capacity, that does not trust yourself enough to invest in yourself and, and do the thing, um, I want to remind you that you've done hard things before. You were an infant. At some point, you decided to become a toddler and you did not go to school. You did not watch YouTube videos. You did not take an online course. You did not read a book. You saw people walking upright on two limbs and decided that looks cool. I might be able to reach the cookie jar if I can learn how to do that. And you decided that this was a thing worth pursuing. And without any knowledge of how one does this and having none, no experience of ever do, doing this before, you began to pull yourself up on your feet. You fell down. You pulled yourself up again. You fell down. You pulled yourself up. You stayed up. You took a step. You fell down. You stood up. You took a step. You fell down. You stood up. You took a step. It worked. And you, over and over again, iteration by iteration, you went from being a non-walker to a walker to the point where you don't even think about walking anymore. You haven't thought about walking in a very long time. You simply roll out of bed and you walk. Did the same thing with talking. You did the same thing with reading. You did the same thing with writing. You did the same thing with uh, riding a bike. You did the same thing with learning how to podcast. You have done impossible things many, many times in your life. And if you don't, if you want to now tell me that you don't possess the capacity to figure your way into whatever it is that you want to go, I'm going to say, I hear, feel, and understand and empathize with you and balderdash. <laughs> yeah. All you need to do is find, I mean, you know, there's things you can do. You can, you can put yourself, surround yourself with people that are more supportive, people that can teach you, people that can guide you, people that can um, pick you up when you fall down. You can develop habits that will change your mindset. But here's the thing. Mindset doesn't inform posture. Posture informs mindset. If you want to change your mind, you have to first change what you're doing. If you change, if you do what you aspire to 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 be great at or to 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 do well, you will earn confidence, and earn confidence beats um, propped up hubris. Uh, you know certainty, overconfidence, that's the stuff that we see rewarded in society. You know, that's all well and good if that gets you through the day, but it's not true. And you're doing yourself and others harm by um, acting that as if things that can't possibly be absolutely true or knowable are true and knowable. We're all swimming in the same sea of uncertainty and possibility. And it's the curious and the considerate that, um, that lean into that in a way that promotes their health and their happiness and their well-being. It seems it hearing you speak, it feels so much like common sense. It feels so simple. It's not, but at the overall scheme of things, 
you're right. We can do hard things. We just have to get up and go again. And when we just think about it from that perspective, then it does seem possible. Well, I'll look, I'll I'll come at it from a slightly different angle. I, I think it is simple. The problem is that simple is never easy, right? And what what is really holding us back? Or, you know, when if you are a, a person that has difficulty believing in your capacity to learn new things, do new things, succeed in new things, um, that has less to do with what is true and what is not true. I mean, it certainly has can be influenced by opportunity and privilege and all these things. But it also has a lot to do with the stories that you tell yourself. And, you know, what I have found is that, you know, the things that we call resistance, the imposter, anxiety, fear, et cetera, um, they're stories. They're stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. They're stories we tell ourselves about our situation. And they're stories we tell ourselves about the stories that we think other people are telling themselves about us. And one of the things that one of the mantras that we repeat at Creative on Purpose is choose your story, choose your future. The story that you're repeating and living is not serving you. Pause, zoom out, take an objective look at yourself and your situation and frame a better story that you can live into and, and, you know, replace, replace your story. And again, I say that and it sounds simple because it is simple. It's just that simple isn't easy because we love our stories. You know, you know that people that, um, you know, if you're someone that grew up in an abusive household, it's very likely that you'll end up in an abusive relationship and you might do that over and over and over again. That's not because you're, um, incompetent or ignorant or uh, not intelligent. That's learned behavior. We love, we are creatures that love the status quo. We love to know where we stand and what's expected, even when those things don't serve us, even when those things do us and our well-being harm. We would rather cling to what we know than step into what we don't yet know. Um, And again, with the right you know, putting ourselves in the right situations with the right people, getting the help when we need it, um, then we have the capacity to change our stories and live into a better story that will serve ourselves and the people that we care about even more. So beautiful. So beautiful. Scott, what gives you hope? (laughs) Um, I would say in this moment where I'm that we're in right now, I I think uh, Lindsay Recknell gives me hope. Um, I am very, very, very fortunate in that I continue to collide with person after person after person, uh, you know, strangers who become friends and sometimes colleagues and collaborators who are just out there doing work that matters with and for people they care about. And they are engaged in endeavors that seek to make things better for themselves and for, for others. And I, that gives me, um, immense hope. Uh, the other thing that gives me hope is I don't listen to the news very much. Yeah, that could be a very hopeless thing to do these days. It also gives me hope to have conversations like this with you. Thank you so, so much for joining us. When people want to get a hold of you to learn more about the things that you're doing, how do they do that? Um, I am pretty easy to find online. Uh, 
there is so it, it used to be that you could google scott perry and i came up first and then um the there is now a representative to the to the house the united states house of representatives named scott perry uh and there's a basketball coach for the next named scott perry and it turns out that politicians and basketball coaches get more love from google than coaches and difference makers the but if you put scott, i know it's 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 an unfair world um if you Google Creative on Purpose, and certainly if you Google uh, Scott Perry Creative on Purpose, you will land at creativeonpurpose.com. We have lots of resources, insight, and inspiration in the blog, in my own broadcast that will help you uh, see and step into your power and hopefully stay in in it and share it with other people. Um, And of course, we have coaching and community and uh, other offerings that can um, serve as a catalyst if you're ready to to, and trust yourself enough to invest in yourself and take a bolder step into your potential. Love it. So beautiful. And we will absolutely link to all those places so that Google, we can bypass Google altogether uh, onto the show notes. So thank you again for being here, your intelligence, your practicality, um, and really the hopeful way in which you speak is really inspiring. So thanks for sharing your story with us today. I always enjoy being in conversation with you, Lindsay. Thank you for the difference you make. Thank you for the opportunity to spend this time with you. And uh, I hope your listeners get some value out of the conversation today. I can only imagine that they will. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. These episodes are a labor of love. Inspiring conversations with hopeful people make my heart happy. If you also love this episode, it would be amazing if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Five stars if you're into it. It's these reviews that encourage Apple to promote this podcast to their network. And the more people that listen, the more hope we can spread into the world. Don't forget to check out the show notes of this episode to find all the links to my guests, books, and other resources referenced in this episode. You'll also find the link back to my website where you will find additional support and resources for you, your team, and your community. I truly believe that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And hearing from these guests on these episodes, I know that even more hopeful future is totally possible. I'm always looking for inspirational guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. You can find me on the contact form of my website at expertinhope.com or by email at lindsay at expertinhope.com. When I was a teenager and my sisters were leaving the house to go out for the night, I always made it a point to remind them to call me if they need me. It was my way to tell them that I cared and would always be there for them. I'd love you to know the same, so all of you listening out there, call me if you need me. Again, thank you for your love and support of this podcast, my work in hope, and your intentional focus on making your future better than today. After all, hope without action is just a wish.